Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. They're the guys who know just what you want to hear. Whose blogs are updated just five times every year. It's the show. Welcome to uh, episode one of Brother Date. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. We are actual brothers. Real life brothers. Not like, um, we're not Afro-American. Is that sort of the correct term? Is that? <laughs> 15 seconds in. Well, you, you can't, well, but you can say Afro-American, right? I wouldn't. Well, why is it, okay, so can I say African-American? I mean, I, I think you probably could. So why is that the preferred way to say it and not Afro-American? Well, I'm honestly not sure African-American is still the preferred way to say it. I think I think they're just like black now. I think they probably liked black the whole time, but I'm talking about white guilt. What should I be saying? I, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be making a reference to the fact that they call each other brother at all. Oh, all right. <clears throat> like that's the class move. Well, you know. We're actual brothers, blood brothers. Okay, but that makes it seem like we weren't, we're not from the same family. Okay, well, why is that? Well, because I mean, if you're blood brothers, like, that means you have the same blood, right? No, no, yeah. it means yeah. you like, you took an oath in a peach garden to die on the same day. So that they should call that something else. That should be. I mean, they do call sworn brothers. brothers. Right, you're sworn brothers. I mean, you're not blood brothers. Yeah, I'm just saying that's that's sort of like what blood brothers are. I'm just. I'm, I have a lot of problems with the way the conventions and the nomenclatures that that people have chosen, that people have adopted for certain things. I don't think it's cool that you can say African American but not Afro American, and I don't know why you would call somebody who is not your blood your blood brother. I mean, that just doesn't make sense. No, I mean, I think Afro American is just like Oriental. Like it just. What it says is, I haven't thought about race relations in this country in 50 years, and I'm not going to start now. Okay, but other than being outmoded... Wh- no, that's, wh- that's it. Okay. It's just right. outmoded. You know, I actually, um, I was in a meeting with a guy. Actually, I've been in two meetings with the same guy, and in both meetings, <clears throat> this is a client of mine. He has used the term oriental. Mm. And the first time me and... Uh, me and my boss were both there, and we kind of looked at each other from across the table, like, what? "Did he just, did he just say Oriental?" I think he said the Orient. Ooh, yeah. Well, He's well. like, "Oh, it's really important, you know, because we we do a lot of business in the Orient." And <laughs> me and my boss. Did you went, raise your hand and say, "I'm sorry, do you mean Turkey?" <laughs> That's right. Are you talking about Turkey or? <laughs> yeah, are we talking about like an- antiquity, the Orient in yeah. in like ancient times? Or are we talking you know, about, like, 1910 of the Orient? Why we don't use that phrase anymore, for one, it kind of means everything outside of Europe. Like, are we talking about Borneo? Like, what's happening? Yeah. And then he did it in another meeting later. I think he did it on, like, a conference call. He said something about the Orient. And I was like, oh, no, this I'm is saying, actually what this guy calls guy it. That's the guy who's going to talk about Afro-Americans, so <laughs> congratulations, you're on his team. 
Well, you know, I've always been <clears throat> older than my years. Usually mm. in in the most inappropriate ways. So I'm trying to think if that's true because like you probably don't remember when you were five as much as I remember when you were five. Was I like a real immature five? I mean, you hit that big wheel pretty hard. <laughs> hey, I kept up pretty well on that thing, considering it was made of hard, hard plastic. I'm just saying, if you were older than your years, you would have learned to ride a real bike. Yeah, no one ever no one ever taught me how to ride a bike. Is this a good time to cover this? Well, is this the first few minutes of this podcast a good time to cover the fact that no one ever taught me how to ride an actual bicycle? Yeah, I don't understand why you keep putting that on other people. Because I was a kid... Like, and what happened you was said, you and Sarah were riding around on bikes, and I was riding around on the big wheel, and you guys got bored of bikes, and then it was like, that was it. Yeah, Doc, so there were, like, just unused bikes everywhere. Yeah, but no one wanted to ride a bike anymore. Yeah, but it's like... A bike by myself. Yeah, the freedom of biking by yourself. All right, well... You yeah. could have recreated all of the cool bike shit that we used to do. Like falling off your bike? Like skinning your knee real bad. <laughs> Was there other cool bike shit you guys were doing? I don't remember. Oh, there was some real dumb stuff we used to do. Uh, Sarah, not so much. Oh, she got into it in some some amount, too. Uh, do you remember anything about uh, the apartment complex on Lexington Drive where we grew up? Just images. Just, like, random images. I don't remember much from that entire era. Do you remember how the, um, like the alley in the back was raised above the street level? Yes. So all of the driveways sloped up. Right. So what we used to do was start behind the apartment building. Get Is up this when the apartment buildings we... were brown or when they had been painted blue? I think this was in the brown days. Okay. Get up as much speed as possible. Go right down that driveway. So that's a that's a decline, so that gives you a little extra speed. And then shoot across the street blind. <laughs> Just what? Hopefully, there was no traffic on the street. It wasn't a super yeah. busy street, but it, it was near. It was near some big streets, so you'd get no one I know ever got hit by a car doing that. Yeah, for um for anybody uh for any weird randos listening, uh, Sarah is our sister, and we grew up in San Jose together. But we probably won't mention Sarah that much because um she's not on this podcast. Yeah, she's not a brother. I didn't give her. I didn't give her a choice. I don't know if you did. I didn't ask her. Uh, did you have any other examples of what of the usage of the word brother besides blood brother and seventies uh, jive talk? <laughs> nope. Just wanted to point out that we're not those kinds of brothers. Just just what regular how, regular like, ass uh, brothers. What about how Christians call each other brother sometimes? No, well, we're def no, we're definitely not that kind of brother. Okay. No, no religious. Uh, connotations in our in our brotherhood at all. We're, we're the legitimate kind of brothers, and we have wasted five minutes on this. Subject. We came out of the same womb. That's it. Uh, don't love that. Same daddy. I mean, it's true, but I don't like hearing it. Same daddy, even. Yep. I mean, I assume. I don't know. I didn't do the tests. I mean, we both look like dad in our own way, so yeah, I assume. Yeah, the physical evidence is fairly strong. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh... It's been, uh, I don't know, it's been a while since we've since we've uh, had a real good good phone call. I guess we had one last week. What what, what are you yeah, been up to? What's, what's going on? What's new week. in in the world of Judah? Um, 
Uh, well, I had a vacation coming up this weekend, but it got canceled due to uh, some family health issues for the people we were going with. And uh, so that means I just have tomorrow off, and it feels amazing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I could just take a day off. Now, do you take? Do you usually take all of your time, or are you one of those people that just lets it accrue forever? Oh, no. I get an email every couple of months from HR saying, you, you're carrying 180 hours. That's the maximum. You're not getting any more. Yeah, you're not going to get any more. Now, do you take time at that at that point, or do you just let it ride? Yeah, usually I just take a day when, okay. when I get that email. Yeah, you don't want to leave that on the table. Yeah, I don't care. I'm kind of a no-regrets guy. Like, mm. when I am separated from this company by whatever mechanism, I'm not going to be like, fuck. I wasted, like, I could have had, like, three days off I didn't take. Well, because I assume they'll pay you out for whatever's left. So I'm talking about actual dollars. Like, for how much vacation time that you have... That you would have stopped accruing if you didn't take the day? Yeah, okay. I mean, that's probably true. But yeah, at but, the same time, you are you... How closely are you counting the uh, the dollars that they owe you? When they fire uh, you or it gets hit by a meteor or whatever happens. I, I'm not even really sure how much a day of my time is actually worth in dollars. <laughs> Because I don't get I don't I don't get paid hourly. I don't have a time card or anything. I have sure. direct deposit. All right, so you're not worried about it. I get it. Yeah, All I right. should be. I probably should be. Well, see, I have kind of the opposite situation because my wife makes me go on. As it makes me, we go on vacations fairly regularly now because she goes and talks at a lot of um, sciency, researchy conferences, and so we yep. usually turn those into vacations. And I started at uh, a new company. In July, and I already had a, a fairly decent-sized vacation planned for September, and so I've just been, like, behind the ball on PTO. Just, like, I guess borrowed like time. It's That's a weird policy. They're like, you have, your balance is negative however many hours, and you're like, <laughs> whoops. So, so what, uh, the company that I work for now bought the company that I worked for previously. Mm. And at that company, we had unlimited vacation. Right, that sounds like a interesting policy. Yeah, which I think was just nobody wants to do this paperwork. <laughs> right. Because there's just, there's just no paperwork to do at that it's point. It's kind of like we, just we, we trust boss, you will hey, try to I get take... the job done, try to get the work done, and if you take too much time off and you're not getting anything done, we'll just fire you? I mean, basically that never happened, okay. but yeah. And No, I mean, what will really happen is I wouldn't get that email. Right. So I just wouldn't take time off. So in a way, it's good that people are paying attention to how much, because someone will tell you, hey, uh, you might want to take some time off. And then you get to enjoy a day like tomorrow, which I'm sure will be spent. See, now this is what happens when I have a day off. I spend the first, like, four hours trying to figure out what I'm going to do. <laughs> and then I get really stressed out that I haven't done anything, and I'm stressed the rest of the day. Yeah, i got to finish making the website for this goddamn podcast, so <laughs> that's probably probably going to eat most of my day tomorrow. All right, good. It'll be it'll be constructive at least for me. Your day off will be make, helpful for me. I'm trying to make this website simple as hell so that all I have to do is update the podcast feed and everything else will follow. Well, it's not like it's going to matter. It's not like we got got going to have a ton of traffic on that motherfucker. No. Why, why would anyone listen to this? Yeah. So we're not going to have listeners and it's not like we're going to have enough interesting stuff on there that we're going to attract um weirdos on the web. I mean, it's happened in the past on different blags and vlogs and blogs. 
Blags. Yeah. Have you ever had a vlog? No. I, I was just I was covering it. my bases in case you had had one. No, God, no. All right. I don't I, I don't like to have a webcam. Yeah, seriously. Not because I think the government might be watching or Apple or anything, because if they do, they're going to see some weird shit, and <laughs> that's fine. I don't care. But just because it's like, who likes looking at themselves? Yeah, I'm always just afraid I'm going to turn it on at some inopportune time. Uh, like, if it were up to me, you would have to always add one of those, like, hella old, like, 15, 20 years ago, big old pods that you put on your computer. Right. That's how it should be. In fact, I don't like I don't looking think, at this thing right now. I don't think my opinions are going to, like, be any more credible or interesting if someone can see who they're coming out of. <laughs> well, depending on the growth of your facial hair, you might actually kind of oh, yeah, ruin my some of the stuff you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, even, even when my facial hair is well kept... Uh, someone's going to go, that guy's a red beard, though. <laughs> That's right. Like. So, okay, so if okay, you. Okay, Barbarossa, whatever you say. If you had to, um, to, like, rank the beard colors by, uh, like, people, what the people expect the veracity of your statements to be. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. what what is, like, the most trustworthy beard color? Uh, gray. Really? Yeah. Well, them. white. I don't trust all people. Oh, yeah, white is more trustworthy than gray. Something about gray. Yeah, gray is sort of middling. Yeah, I don't, I don't uh, trust gray. It probably goes white, uh, then brown, mm. then black, then red, and then blonde. If you saw a guy with a blonde beard, you'd be like, no. Well, I've never seen a guy with a blonde beard not holding a Budweiser, so I don't... Exactly. I don't really know what to say. No, you go, that guy has a pet raccoon, so... <laughs> I'm not going to follow his philosophy of life. I guess my rankings are close. I was going to go white, black, brown, red or gray. Red is a it's a cursed color. When and I see a guy blonde. with a black beard that's like black, black. Yeah, yeah like jet black. That dude is a yeah, serious but, person. Then I'm like, uh, A, that guy's young. Well, yeah. Because right, black is the one that's going to show gray hairs first, right? Yeah, that's true. Or B, that dude is dyeing his beard, and he did not pick a natural-looking color. <laughs> no, he did not. And that one, okay, that's true. So in context, right? there are certain black beards that are very untrustworthy. Or C, it's like uh, Jason Manzukis from The League, <laughs> yes. and that guy's shifty. <laughs> okay, that's true. All right, so we've discovered that it's more than just about color. There's context. Yeah, there is. But that's yeah. why I put brown ahead of black. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I have seen, I guess, some real crazy-looking... Well, if you got, like, a Baron Davis beard, I have a feeling you're an earnest person. Oh, yeah, it could be. I think you're earnest. So whether or not you're you're, you're credible, like, you could be an idiot, but I believe that you're telling the truth. Yeah, I guess this is my racist moment. I was really thinking of beards on white guys. Oh, what a surprise. Is this, yeah. like, how you can't recognize black actors and musicians and other stars? I, I can't recognize the white ones either. I see, I don't believe that's true. I just don't yeah. believe it. Marjan you know, tries well, to tell me the same thing. My wife tells me the same thing. She says, uh, I just have face blindness, but it is a, a weird, uh, an oddly high percentage of time, it's it's minorities that you can't recognize. Oh, but you're so good at it. I'm the best. I'm best there ever was at it. We can play a game sometime. I'll I'll show you how good I am at it. You can tell Michael Clark Duncan and Ving Rhames apart. Of course I can, and also you, the guy... You just the guy instantly with, know which one you're looking at. <laughs> also the guy with like the weird crossed eye from Armed and Dangerous. 
Something little. Oh, that guy? I don't think I ever knew that guy's name. It's something little, right? Because it's, cause it's not his real name. It's some kind of funny pseudonym. Yeah, because it's funny because he's huge. Because he's a giant. And I hadn't thought about that guy in a long time. Do you think he's still alive and making movies? Oh, uh, God, I hope so. I think I th- I'm thinking of him now because what's been making the rounds on cable, on pay cable TV is uh, Jackie Brown. Oh. And he plays like the, uh, he plays um, the bail bondsman's assistant or whatever. What's what's the available yeah. something cherry? Mac Mac I Cherry? I, I don't remember. I only saw Jackie is. Brown once. Really? Yeah. I really like that movie. I feel like it's um I feel like it knows exactly what it's trying to be and is not trying to be anything else. And a lot of Tarantino movies go way off the rails and that one is uh it stays very nicely in its lane. I mean they do but they usually go off the rails in an interesting way. Yeah. Like, I think it's a good small kind of heist double triple cross kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll give it another watch. Um have you been watching a lot of uh pay cable movies? Yeah, so uh a few weeks ago uh Marjan complained that our Verizon not Verizon, um our Comcast cable had gotten our internet or sorry, our Comcast internet had gotten crazy expensive, like way more expensive than when we signed up. And we mm-hmm. did a dumb thing when we got here. We moved in. We we took advantage of like two different promotions. So we have AT and T, cable TV, and Comcast internet coming into the house. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, and we've just been doing it like that in tandem. And I've been paying for the cable, and she's been paying for the internet or whatever. Just because oh, so of how we set it not up. Not even. It's not even like one of you gets the one unified bill. No. And so she's like, look, it's getting crazy expensive. It's more expensive every month. This is stupid. And I'm like, okay, I'll I'll talk to AT&T and, um, and figure out what we can do in terms of a bundle or whatever. I got this, uh, I got this rep on, like, an online chat, and his name was Prince. Good and name. Good he was, he was, like, the most dedicated care rep I've ever seen. He told <laughs> me at one point that he needed me to be happy. <laughs> and I believed him. Because he was like doing everything he could. I like I was like, I don't know, my bill's five dollars more than it was last month. He's like, I will take care of that, that will never happen again. And I was like, That's <laughs> right it won't. And I felt so petty because I hate those kinds of people that are that are just like compl- they'll make an official complaint over a few dollars or whatever. <laughs> and then I'm like, Alright, so what can you do for me for internet? And he gave me like a hella sweet deal on on super high speed internet combined with our cable and he upgraded my cable package and all no, this. They just stuff. put down a bunch of fiber, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I, I had a super hard sell guy at the front door. Oh, really? <laughs> Coming around canvassing yes. the neighborhood? Oh, we just put fiber in, so now you have oh, to buy yeah. my shit. You know, a lot of your neighbors say it gets real slow around 5 p.m. on the internet, and I've, I've never had anything <laughs> like that happen anyway. But like, I was like, right. You've talked to my neighbors a lot more than I have, sir. I'm like, look, I, I don't know my neighbor's name, so... <laughs> This is not credible to me. You're like, hey. Oh, they always do the thing, too. I don't know if you get these hard sell guys where they, like, go back a few pages on their sheet and they say, oh, your neighbor, Mrs. Smith, uh, from, uh, and then he gives a house number. And I'm like, I don't I don't even know which direction that house number is, <laughs> is from the like, house. Is that, I don't even know. I don't even remember my address. Is that on the same side of the street as me? I don't even know. Yeah. Did you ask him um, when he was talking about your neighbor what color their beard was? Because that might have been a no. good indicator. Because what if that person was a liar? That's right. Or had a raccoon. That's right. They live around here. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, he gave me this, uh, 
sweet deal and, and upgraded my cable package. So now I'm getting um, HBO and Cinemax, along with the uh, Showtime and Stars and shit I was getting before. Fuck, that's basically all of them. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty much all of them. And again, I'm, I'm paying for the upgraded cable package and the extra internet. I'm paying only a few dollars more than I was paying before. So I should have should have called Prince a long time ago. Got the so hook you're up. taking advantage of this shit. Yeah, so I've been, I've been cruising around. I haven't found a whole lot worth watching, but I have uh, checked in on a few a few films that seem to be making the rounds and playing over and over and over again. And so what is, what's playing? What's going on? What's well, hot? So, <laughs> well, actually, one of them that's been playing even on, uh, on like, Stars and Encore for months is uh, is Last of the Mohicans. Do you remember that that old romp from when we were kids? Yeah, was that from, like, 1990? It's from a long time ago. And it stars kind of a kind of a youngish Daniel Day Lewis, maybe like post. Is it post Sins of the Father? It's around that era. It's either just before or just after that. Like maybe a little bit after my my left foot or whatever. That was him too, right? Man, you know way more about Daniel Day Lewis than I do. <laughs> right. It was. I think it's right after the one where he played some kind of disabled guy. I feel um, good that I know his middle name's Day. <laughs> Wait, what is his real name? I got no. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that's like his real name either. Anyway, I used to watch this movie all the time as a kid because it had like um, cool colonial violence. Yeah, uh, it had like There's lots of dudes like in militia Tommy uniforms. What, what was that? Tommy Hawks. Yep, that's right. Tommy Hawks. <laughs> That's how I say that. <laughs> sure. And, uh, yeah, and, like, old-timey colonial uniforms and, like, um, dudes with varying British accents. Just right. All kinds Not of British consistent. accents. Yeah. Anyway, so I used to watch that all the time as a kid, but <clears throat> what I realized watching it recently on TV is that it's actually a really well-made movie that had a lot of care went into, and all the costumes are really good, and the locations are great, and... There's something new about the story that was written by a dude 200 years ago or whatever, or 100 years ago. 100 years ago? 50 years ago? Uh, James Fenmore Cooper? Uh, I have no idea when he was around. Uh, he wrote it in 1826. Jesus, that was close. All right. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's close to 200 years ago. So anyway, but it's like a really well-made movie, and all the parts that Daniel Day-Lewis is not in, you go, this is a really good movie. Like I'm enjoying this. The soundtrack's pretty good. I'm totally so like all the Madeline Stowe and everything. Uh, yeah, I mean she's not excellent, but um, you know the guy who plays Chingachgook is pretty good. And oh, so so the two leads are not great. She's not great, but she's not distractingly bad. Okay. Okay, and, and uh, the guy who plays her dad is pretty good, and um, and the the English officer. Duncan, or whatever his name is, that guy's pretty good. Like, everyone's pretty good, and the movie's really enjoyable. But the main character, Hawkeye, played by, I don't know, the greatest actor of his generation, according to a lot of people, is so unbelievably bad. I don't know if it's, like, a director's notes, or if he thought he was doing something really experimental and different, but he plays the whole movie with some kind of modern American like, badass accent and tone, which sounds nothing like uh, anything in 1720 or whenever this movie's supposed to take place. 
I, I, I haven't seen it lately, but in my brain, when I put him together, he's kind of doing like, um, like true grit. <laughs> kind, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like a Western. I was going to say maybe like a dirty, hairy kind of thing. He's going for oh, some maybe, kind yeah. of American badass. That's what they talked in 1757. <laughs> there are parts where it's like, literally the guy's like, there's a war going on. How is it you're going west? And he's like, well, I kind of face the north and real subtle, like, turn left. And I'm like, what? That's not a, that doesn't sound like the olden days. Maybe he hadn't perfected his uh, American accent yet. <laughs> we could have just used a British accent, because that's what everybody had. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? Uh, he's Irish or something, so... <laughs> Maybe that would be the problem. <laughs> maybe maybe his English accent's worse than his American. <laughs> yeah, I don't... At another point, I guess, guys, I guess like... this is the point where I say that I've never read any of these books. Mm. It, was He He was raised by Chingachgook. Yeah. So maybe he's maybe he's trying to do, like, Indian? Okay, fine, but Chingachgook doesn't sound like that yeah, in, the, in the movie. Chingachgook sounds like a totally different kind of accent. So anyway, at another point, the guy keeps accusing him, or keeps asking him if he's a scout or whatever, and he turns around and he's like, I ain't no scout, and I certainly ain't no damn militia. And I just went, alright. Like, what's happening? So you're saying not his best work. <laughs> no, he's really bad. Throughout the whole film, the whole film, he is really embarrassingly bad. And it drags down a film that cost a lot of money, and I think people were really trying hard to make it like a good film. And you would not expect that from somebody who is supposed to be, like, <clears throat> you know, like, the best. The best actor. So, like, a quick recast. Mm. Who do you want instead? Oh. Um. It's a good question. I'm trying to think of that era. Because <sighs> you need, he needs to be kind of young and badass. Because he, he kills, like, 900 dudes in that movie all with, like, clubs and shit. Oh, and he can shoot two rifles at the same time and kill two targets at varying distances um, on the run. Yeah, just like a hawk. That's why they call him Hawkeye. So that's, yeah, that's what hawks do all the time. That's what hawks do. <laughs> you know how they grab two different voles traveling in two different directions? Because <laughs> I got two talons. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Boy, I, you know what? It's like early 90s. Who who was around then? I, I, don't, I don't even know who you would put in that. Because I want to fix their accent, too. So I don't care if they're putting on an accent, as long as it's not that one. Probably Steve Gutenberg. Probably want <laughs> Steve Gutenberg he in was, that role. He was big in that era. Yeah. That's a very different film. A little bit. Little All bit the Hawkeye's different. lines are delivered kind of sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> or you could go, like, the high-budget version of Steve Gutenberg. Billy Crystal, I think, was still making movies back then. Yeah. That was, I'm sure that's right in Blazing Saddles era. Not Blazing Saddles. God. Ooh. City Slickers. Wow, that was tough. You know Blazing Saddles 2, Legend of Curly's Gold? <laughs> that's tough what I did. Yeah. Paul, I mean, I'm not going to apologize too much, because I'm sure Blazing Saddles, if you, I haven't watched it in a while, but I'm sure it's all pretty on the nose, right? Yeah, he's not a subtle man, Mel okay. Brooks. All right. <clears throat> so I'm That's not going to apologize. That's not what he thinks that is subtle. Much. That's not what he laughs at on his commentaries. <laughs> no. That spaceship is long. <laughs> I mean, he, that, he's the turd Ferguson of director's commentaries. It's bigger than a regular ship. Yes. The infamous among 
just the two of us, the terrible director's commentary on uh, Spaceballs. Yeah. Where I he... mean, in general, don't don't watch Spaceballs, but if you're gonna, don't turn the director's commentary on. Yeah. Do you he suppose... just tells you when he's just, well, what's a joke and what's not a joke. Yeah, the Winnebago comes on, he's like, it's a Winnebago. You're like, yep. Mm-hmm. That is a Winnebago. It sure is. <laughs> I am going to keep this commentary on because it is insightful. Okay, um, so I guess we don't know 90s actors well enough to do a recast. No, I don't know. I'd have to do some research, I guess. Shit. I mean, I just want to say Reginald Bell Johnson, the... but I just, it's not doesn't seem like a good fit. I'm guessing that's not the only movie you've been watching if you're having this cable renaissance. No, no, no. So, um, I had a question. So, there's this movie called Lucy that came out, I don't know, like a year ago or something, starring Scarlett Johansson. Is that the one where she's an alien? No, that's, uh, what the hell? She did, like, five movies last year for no good reason. I don't remember the name of that one. We We saw the one where she was an alien in the theater. And, uh, it is was... she a computer in Lucy? No, dude, it's even dumber than that. Oh, okay. So, and this was my question, because uh, you go in knowing how dumb... I remember from the ads when this was coming out, how dumb this movie was. It clearly did not make an impression on me, because I don't know the premise. Well, like, five movies came out at about the same time that all had very similar prem... Uh, you know, th- movies about taking a pill and getting smarter, or movies about, um... You know, getting in an accident and getting smarter, or having a computer chip and planning your brain and getting smarter. Yeah, anything yeah. but going to school. <laughs> exactly. Right. So this one was like, I don't know, she, she could take some drug or something, and she can now use, get this, 100% of her brain. Oh, Christ. Wait, is it Limitless 2? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. First of all, I love the fallacy that using 100% of your brain gives you superpowers, which was obvious from the ads for this movie, that she gets superpowers. Right. I mean, that's not how your brain works, really. It's like, oh, I can listen and see at the same time. I guess I was doing that anyway. <laughs> that's right. Like, the different parts of your brain do different stuff. Like, I don't know what it would be like, but I just imagine it would be like you were super sensitive. No, can I say what I think it would be like? I think your head would get really hot. <laughs> just overheat. Yeah, like... Well, I need some too fans much. in here. It's too much, man. It'd be like, it's a summer day and you're using your PlayStation. Like, that's right. no. Bad call. So, I so what I was going to ask you, like, can you personally, do, do you find it possible to watch a film when you know going in that the premise is totally in, incompetent and moronic and, and ridiculous? I mean, I saw Snakes on a Plane. That's different. That's that's real winky, though. That's uh, that very ironic. That's real winky. Um, I mean, just like plain dumb. Just like, well, this is going to be a piece of shit. I keep going to Fast and Furious movies. Okay, so maybe then. Maybe you can. I mean, the premise of those is pretty dumb, but you don't go to see the premise. Or like Mad Max. Right. Yeah, well, that's less of, like, that's less crazy stupid and more just like it's not going to be intellectually stimulating for you. It's going to be like um, a lot of shit's going to blow up or whatever. But like the actual plot is so dumb that it makes your... That makes you angry. Right? Yeah. So I'm saying, I couldn't watch this movie. So I, I turned on Lucy. I, I I turned it on, like, I don't know, 20 minutes in or something. And uh, she's she's at the scene where she's... She's accidentally been exposed to the drug. And she's starting to, like, get more brain function. 
Mm-hmm. And she starts, like, flying around the room and, like, bouncing off the ceilings and, like, having crazy uh, seizures and shit. Cool. Yeah, that would probably happen. Yeah. <laughs> and the if whole the time they're trying to... on full, full volume. <laughs> they're trying to make it seem like it's plausible by have... interspersing it with scenes of Morgan Freeman um, as a, some university researcher at a conference explaining what would happen when you got to, like, 20% of brain usage and 40% of brain usage and all these powers you would get. Mm. And eventually he's like, at 20%, you would then be able to control other people's minds. And I'm like, wait a minute! Well, that's crazy. Can I see? I want to see the research on this. I'm... I can't just take your word for it. He's like, at 40%, we're talking about controlling matter in the universe. It's like, all right, what the fuck? So I watched like nine minutes of that. I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. Yeah. I I think that's the kind of thing where at home I would bail on it. Right. Like that's maybe not, if I was already at the theater, I'd be like, Oh God. Oh, he keeps saying this dumb shit, but (laughs) I only ever walked out of one movie and now I can't even remember what it was. Um, I've walked out of two movies in my time. When I was a teenager, me and my friends laughed and joked through the first half of The Man Who Knew Too Little, starring Bill Murray. Ah. And then we got bored of distracting everybody else and we left. And then one time Marjan and I walked out of In the Bedroom. I don't think I even know what that is. It was uh, like, kind of like an art house movie about depressing life, uh, starring... What the fuck was in that? Um, Marissa Tomei? Oh. And, I don't know, some other people. And we were just so insanely bored that, like, half an hour in, we went, all right, we're, we're getting out. Yeah, you know, like, on a Netflix or on a cable, uh, like, Netflix especially... Katie and I will sometimes start a movie and we'll say, we'll give it 15 minutes. Right. Like, there was that that movie came out last year, Adult Beginners. It's got Nick Kroll and, uh, shit, I don't even remember who the female lead is. Dude, speaking of movies, you don't re- I don't remember anything about that. Yeah, I don't think it was, I don't know if it was even in theaters. Okay. But it, we're like, oh, it's... Here's a comedy with people that we've liked in other things. Right. And it was just like, nope, nope, just ten minutes of nothing. Yeah, dude, like the time you and I tried to watch Screwed. Oh, God. <laughs> and it didn't even pass the 20-second test. Nope. It was so horribly made. Was that the one that Bob Saget directed? Or yes. did he direct Dirty Work? I don't even remember anymore. He definitely directed Screwed. Okay, yeah, that was... It was a real problem. Because that was another thing. We were like, oh, we like the people in this. We like Norm MacDonald and Dave Chappelle. Like, how can this be bad? I guess not. I guess that was uh, directed, written and directed by somebody else. So he must have done Dirty Work, which was not amazing. No, it's really not a great movie. It's only it's just lifted up by the a few comedic bits that keep coming back throughout the course of the movie. But, yeah, it's uh, like... There's like two, there's like two or three funny scenes in in Dirty Work. Right. That was the movie that, of course, uh, Artie, Artie Lang, um, 
one critic said that he acted with all of the charm of a um, pedophile. <laughs> I believe was the review that came back on Artie's performance. <laughs> and then Norm, <laughs> you know, because he's Norm, felt the need to call Artie's mom <laughs> to console her. <laughs> And he consoled her by saying that it was the pedophiles who needed all of the charm. Yeah. Because how else were you going to charm some kids into into having sex? So he it's a sh- it's a shame Norm Macdonald's work ethic is so terrible <laughs> that he gets so many tummy aches. You mean he gets so many tummy aches? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that he felt like he needed to clear that up for Artie's mom. Wanted to make her feel a little bit better about it. <sighs> Anyway, so yeah, I was like screwed. Screwed, uh, we were in and out of that one pretty quickly, because it was, it was embarrassing. It was an embarrassing abomination of a film. Yeah, I'm a much worse critic when I'm sitting at home where, like, all of my computers and video games and books and other activities are. Mm. Like, I become very aware that I could be doing something else with my time. Yeah, I feel like I've gotten a lot worse just over the years. At um, watching something through to conclusion. Movies, sporting events, sort of anything. I don't know how much. I don't don't like to watch movies, sort of for that reason. Like, I never want to invest two hours. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of movies either. It's mostly, if I'm streaming something, it's usually TV episodes or something where after 20 minutes I can choose something else or to go do something else. I don't know, dude, is that, uh, is, maybe we're still young? Isn't that young person culture? Huh? Something about being constantly distracted and flipping around and... millennial behavior. It's what behavior? Millennial. Oh, yes, yeah, are we millennials? Uh, you probably are. What's the definition on that? I can't I think you're probably not a millennial because our parents were such Luddites. (laughs) Right. So you didn't... It's people who... Their formative years were around the year 2000. Oh, okay. Well, I don't really... Maybe that's me. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. We didn't really have a lot of um, encouragement in terms of technology and really anything. (laughs) Any kind of encouragement. By the year 2000, we had a computer in the house, but that's because I had that part-time job moving huge monitors for a guy. Oh. And he built a computer on his kitchen table. Really? Was that the first one we got? Yeah. Oh. Was, was that the um, e machine pretty soon after that though? Yeah. Was that the what was it called? Um, so that was the e machine, or was that not the e machine? No, no, the e machine we bought for three hundred dollars at a Circuit City. I want to say <laughs> I don't think there was Best Buy yet. Well, that was. Not Circuit City anymore, is there? Nope. No. Right, you probably don't even remember when Circuit City had a competitor called the Good Guys, whose slogan was, it's got to be good. I remember Good Guys. I did not remember their slogan, um, although it's uh, super obvious. Or the, like, the wicked cool Circuit City commercials where, like, the Circuit City building would plug into the ground because it kind of looked like a plug. Because, like, they had circuits and electricity there. Right. No, I remember that. I do remember those super cool logos. Uh, that was about uh, as good as a credit man. <laughs> Paul By the, the way, Center. I don't uh, remember. You can tell Marjan grew up watching the same shitty 
commercials too, because she still insists that Soul Man is actually called Credit Man. Oh, that's that's very sad. <laughs> that's like a pretty good song, although there's not that much to it. Like musically, it's much better than lyrically. Yes, well, that's the same thing with its sister song, "Hold On, I'm I'm Coming." And um, yeah. no matter which song starts up, she she just starts singing "Credit Man." Yeah, it turns out Sam and Dave were from the Fats Domino school of lyricists. <laughs> Where they just, like, stopped too soon. Yeah, there's one song by them that I actually... Again, the, the grooves are always good. I always like the tunes. There's one called yeah. um, You Got Me Humming, and most of the song is just them making humming noises. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Fats Domino would have approved. 100% he would have approved. Well, he was the master because he didn't have to write it in um, so that it made sense thematically. He just made he just made noises. Yeah. Wasn't like I'm gonna write a song about humming and then hum a lot. He was just like, uh, I wrote one verse. The song has got to be a minute fifty-five. I gotta get like, through there to the should, end. There should have been a part. If there should have been a part of Fats Domino's songs that was like Wesley Willis, yeah. where like at a certain point in every song he just says, "Ah, oh, you get the point," and then that <laughs> just like just plays the piano. Yep, would have been good if you could see it coming, like a Wesley Willis song. Yeah, rock. What do you say, rock? Rock over London. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Diet Pepsi. Uh huh. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, or Taco Bell. Run for the border, etc. <clears throat> I don't know how we got started talking about that. I don't know. You know what I remember from that era of uh, like Circuit City commercials and stuff? I remember no. that the RCA commercial with um, uh, "It's Getting Better" by the Beatles. In the background. Does anybody else remember that? What did RCA... What was RCA advertising? I don't know. Dumb RCA products. VCRs? I don't know. What did they make? <laughs> Cassette tapes? Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know. Some VCR <laughs> related. Was to Maxell's famous... Oh, Memorex. Memorex. That's, Circuit City made me think of RCA, so I was... <clears throat> but I, for some reason I remember that, like... As an adult, the first time I heard "It's Getting Better" by the by the Beatles, I went, "Hi, RCA," <laughs> and nobody knew what I was talking about. Do you think that there is anybody, anybody for whom uh, "Start Me Up" is just the Windows ninety five song for them? <laughs> I don't know. That was oh, big shit, news son. when it happened. Windows ninety five. Remember how big the news was? They paid some ungodly amount of money or whatever to get the rights. Right. That didn't come cheap. Plus, yeah. they changed it from start me up to start it up. So, right. someone, I, I super hope it was Mick Jagger, had to go into the studio <laughs> for one minute and re-record that. I actually hope it was like, uh, I don't know if you ever played any of the Rock Band video games. Uh, a little bit with you. Bef- not Like, before they got their shit together and got all their licensing in order, they had a bunch of songs on there that were like, as made famous by... Uh, and then it was, like, some hack they brought in to, like, impersonate somebody. So it was, like, as made famous by Black Sabbath. And you got some guy in there doing his best Aussie. Or, uh, or like, as made famous by David Bowie. And then you have some guy just trying to be weird. And you're like, oh, this is not working out very well. I hope it was like no. that, where they just brought some dude in and said, as made famous by the Rolling Stones. I don't know if I was with you or with someone else who had rock band. But, like, the songs... And it might even have been Guitar Hero, by the way. I don't remember. Hmm. But, like, sometimes a song will show up in there and you're like, what did, how did this song get in here and what do other people think is happening? Like, there was a song, I think, by the Mother Hips, which is like a 
San Francisco band that has never been famous and never will. Right. And I was like, oh, I like that song. What's that doing in there? Yeah, who is the audience for this? What's happening? Yeah. Or like in that, um, what video game was it that used uh, More Than Toast? Was it More Than Toast? Oh, God, I, th- I think it was like some baseball video game or something. Yeah. That had like just weird random soundtrack that for some reason included Mr. T Experience. And yeah, old Mr. T Experience, too. Yeah, like an old-ass Mr. T Experience Not like it matters. It's not like they got crazy famous or anything, but... By the way, they could have taken any part of the song, but they used the part that includes the word kill and cluster bomb, so it had to be censored. Like, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, it was weird. Like, hey, choose another part of the song. It's fine. Yeah. No one knows this song. Yeah, it's really weird. Use the part where she said she loved him more than toast, but less than a staple gun. (laughs) Yeah, you can say that. You can say that, right? That's the best line in that dumb song anyway. Yeah. Well, he does, as he always does, he does get pretty precious with the uh, the wordplay and lyrics and everything. <clears throat> yeah. He thinks he's... I'm so surprised that Marjon likes the Mr. T experience. <laughs> Dude, it's she... so surprising. I me. text you every time she tells me that she likes the Mr. T experience or Dead Milkman song. Yeah. If you had oh, to guess... Likes, they might be giants, too. All the dumb shit that I thought was, like, that I liked because I thought it was slightly clever... Right. And then later stopped liking because it's very badly executed. You realize it's not so great. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, all right, it's a little bit clever, but, like, it's not hard to find clever writing on the internet. Yeah. And uh, if I don't have to listen to uh, John Linnell and John Flansburg singing at the same time, it's like a win-win. That's right. Well, you can tell how selfless I am. Because I will think of a thing that I think she likes, and even though... It will make me miserable, and I know it will. I still feel the need to to show it to her or play it for her or something. Now, does she like the song Guacamole by the Texas Tornadoes? Of course Tornadoes? she does. Of course she does. But that I don't feel bad about, because everybody Katie loves so that song. It makes Katie mad? Yeah, she hates the Texas Tornadoes so much. Well... She listened to, like, one minute of Who Were You Thinking Of? And she said, what is this horse shit? <laughs> so she doesn't like our dad at all, then. Hates, no, she, she hates she, dad. She finds him very charming. Well, I'm just saying, how can you hate the Texas Tornadoes and hold any affection for our father at all? And she, I'm not allowed to use the phrase fuck book <laughs> because she one time made dad explain what they called him in the Navy. <laughs> and he seemed, he didn't, he seemed like he didn't want to say fuck book in front of her. <laughs> So she's embarrassed that hold she on. made him say that? Hold on, hold, on, hold on. And so now I can't say fuckbook. I don't remember this story. Why is he called fuckbook? No, no, that's not his name. Oh. It was not his nickname. I thought you said what, what they called him in the Navy. No, what they called them. What they oh. called uh, fuckbooks, I guess. Oh. <laughs> Which is like, I guess it's like, maybe, I'm not even 100% sure from the way Dad tells it if that's a porno or if it's like... Like, tr- just trashy fiction. Sure. Yeah, fuck book. But they wanted to know why he didn't read them fuck books. Dude, I really thought you I really thought you said that they called him fuck book. Yeah, that's his call sign. He's a <laughs> naval aviator, and his call sign is fuck book. Like, what? What could that mean? Yeah. Okay. Well. So now when Katie's reading the Outlander books or something, I can't say, oh, you still reading them fuck books? Yeah. <laughs> Marjan loves She's going to be mad that I said it here, because now she, when she listens to this episode, she's going to be mad. She's going to hear it over and over again. Yeah. I guess I might as well say two ape. <laughs> she doesn't like that either. 
she does not like my bullshit taxonomies where, uh, like everything is either a monkey or an ape, depending on whether or not it has a tail. Right. And I said, or I guess something could be a two ape <laughs> if it had two tails. <laughs> she did not like that. She says that hurts her brain. Are there, wait, are there some with two tails? No, but like the P-38 Lightning. Oh, I see what you're saying. <clears throat> like I mean, that's you. a two-ape. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, nah. to no one that makes sense, but that's fine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, well, I don't, as usual, I have no idea how we got to where we were. That's fine. This that's happens. The, literally the only piece of magic in this entire thing. <laughs> It happens like 55 times every time we talk, <clears throat> but when we're not recording it, I don't care. Yeah. I just move on to the next thing. That's wise. So, uh, I guess the other the other movie I've been seeing a lot on uh, cable is Birdman. I don't know if you saw that when it was out last year or the year before, whenever it happened. I saw it on a plane flying to India. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's the, uh, the weird movie about uh, Michael Keaton playing some semi-fictionalized version of himself who used to be a big in big superhero movies and he's trying to get some credibility back by being in this highfalutin uh, uh, stage show that he's financing and directing and starring in, etc., etc. <clears throat> but it's I actually fictionalized because fictionalized because it's depressing. It's, it's it's a very it's depressing and weird and. Here's what I don't like. I don't like movies about making movies. I don't like movies about acting. I don't like movies about writing. I don't like movies where someone involved in the movie is basically just jerking off and going, this is about me, or so, people like, like me. adaptation you probably didn't like? No, but see, I did. But I don't, I don't want to like movies like that, and most of the time I don't. Adaptation I really liked. Did you see Hugo? I did, and I didn't care. Did, it did nothing for me at all. Oh, interesting. That was one of those movies where everyone was like, oh, it's amazing, it's going to win every award. And I was like, yeah, because it's a movie about old-timey Hollywood. Like, right. even older than Hollywood. Old-timey movies. Yeah, and I didn't see The Artist, but I was given to understand that that is a similar sort of self-congratulatory. Exactly. Like, oh, silent film era. So yeah, important. Ooh, great. So anyway, so I went into that not knowing anything about it. And then when I figured out it was about a play, I was like, ah, oh, this Birdman thing is going to be about acting. I don't, I'm not going to like this. But I actually really liked it. And then I, um, I didn't see it again, obviously, for a long time. And I saw it on cable the other day, on HBO or whatever. And uh, I liked it again. So it, it definitely passes the test. But I was going to ask you what, um, what makes a good? Does it have to be good in the theater? Does it have to be good at home or both? Like what? How do you consider a movie good or a movie you like? Or something. Because there have been movies I've seen in the theater that I thought were good, and then at home, not so much, and now I don't know what to think of those movies. You know, historically, I mostly see movies in the theater, and I rarely re-watch a movie. Right. Like, I will rewatch a movie if there's commentary. Right. So, like, I've seen the all of the Lord of the Rings movies 400 times, because there's a lot of commentaries on them. Yeah, because those movies weren't long enough. So yeah. I find the, the process of movie making interesting. Mm-hmm. But so you I probably find, don't mind movies I, about movies, then. Well, no, but here's the thing. Like, I also find the process of making a canoe interesting. <laughs> oh, right. Which is why I watch so much How It's Made. Right. But at the end of the day, I don't think that 
um, you know, movies are necessarily particularly important, and that's where I probably feel some of the same thing about some of the really over-the-top self-congratulatory movies. Yeah. But there, it's pretty, not much overlap, like, comedies. I mean, comedies are my favorite genre of movie, because I don't like to be bummed out. <laughs> yes. So, like, um, oh, something like Step Brothers, I've probably watched a bunch of times, or Talladega Nights. Yeah, Step Brothers, I think, is pretty much, uh, it's pretty much best you can do for comedy, in terms of laughs per minute, or whatever. That's very solid. Um, I don't know why I can only think of movies that John C. Riley is in, but uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Sure, That's another a, good one. It's a real good movie that no one liked but I, me. I uh, I played Marsh on a couple of songs from that the other day, just for old time's sake. The one about the, the midget man and um, yeah, the songs are good. And um, it's the it's one much where he's better pretending to be than, Bob Dylan than a lot of parody. Yes, but but I mean also just like. I mean, the movie basically opens with Tim Meadows saying, Dewey Cox has to think about his entire life before he goes on stage. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and all the stuff where he, he plays the same actor, even though he's playing a 10-year-old or a 14-year-old or whatever it is. Right. And, and so everyone just keeps saying, that's my 14-year-old son. <laughs> That's right. Or he says, I'm 14 years old over and over again. And he plays the really good-natured rock song, and it, it breaks into a riot, and people are throwing punches and burning stuff and vomiting. Yeah, that's a that's an underrated movie yeah, for sure. Pretty good. Oh, and plus all the um, stuff with Patrick Duffy that I enjoy. I saw uh, Birdman on a very very long flight, so it was actually in the middle of three movies that I watched. Right. Uh, and I liked it, but the one I saw immediately before it was the Jazz Drummer movie. I don't know. I can't remember what it's called now. The Jazz Drummer. Whiplash. Movie. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, uh, that I really liked. Yeah, people said that was good. I, I haven't, I haven't gotten around to seeing that yet. Well, I was just, um, I don't know. It's something about it, something about Birdman that. I, okay, here's, I have a real problem with Michael Keaton. I feel like all he does is chew up the scenery and almost everything he's in, and for some reason people enjoy that. Like people like him and like his acting, even though to me he's the same in every single film. He just kind of. Talks real fast and seems kind of nervous. And did you? But it kind of works in this one. Like in this one, he seems a little bit off, and uh, and you can kind of understand why. Like you can, he's having weird delusions of uh, where a superhero played by yeah. himself is like talking to him and telling him to do shit. Speaking of critically uh, underrated Will Ferrell movies, did you see the other guys? Yeah. Yes. So he's that's the one where he plays like a big box store manager. <laughs> yeah, he was all right in that, I guess. I mean, I thought he was pretty good in that, and he's decent in his little turn in Thirty Rock, where he's like the janitor oh, on the gas leak. That's right. I remember that one too. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like the writing does a lot for Michael Keaton, and it's yeah. probably true of everybody. But I'm just saying. I feel like anybody so could deliver the lines. He doesn't have he doesn't have enough to carry it when the writing is not there. Yeah, I feel like anybody could have delivered the lines written in the other guys that just keeps repeating the TLC lyrics over and over again. Yes, and it probably would have gone over pretty well. <laughs> um, and same thing with Thirty. I mean, Thirty Rock. Obviously, the comedic writing is always really good. Yeah, there, and 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was well directed too by whoever you've never heard of, but yeah. the, there are not too many bad performances out of people in that show. Yeah. And um, so in Birdman, I thought he, I thought he was really good. And uh, there's some weird magical realism that yeah. kind of goes on throughout it. We're not really sure what's real and what's not, and what really happened, and uh, and how it ends, what the ending means. Yeah, what it means, but not like in a in your face like uh, end of the Sopranos kind of way. Just kind of like, huh? You know, there are a couple different interpretations you could take. Whatever, you know. So anyway, I uh, I saw it on TV the other day and was. Uh, so I was like, oh yeah, no, oh, that's right. I still like this. That's rare for me. I most of the time I don't like anything, and to like it twice is uh, that's pretty much the test. So I don't know if it joins the list of movies where like if I see it's on TV, I have to stop and watch the rest of it. Yeah, I don't know. Like from the one time I watched it, I don't like. I'm not sure what I would get out of watching it again. Like I guess I could pay more attention to those moments to try to figure out what if there were any tells as to what's real and what's not. Yeah. But, yeah, there's uh, that. Um, the first time I watched it, I was just kind of watching for the plot and dialogue and stuff. But the, when I was watching it the other day, I was keeping a close eye on the... It's filmed with tricks to make it look like it's all shot in one go. Like, it's all supposed to be one one long shot, but obviously it's not. It's just they use editing tricks. But so I was I was kind of tracking that and trying to figure out where each scene really ended, like where each cut really was and how long they really went on. Because there are some where the, there can't be any cuts and it just goes on and on and on. And you're like, wow, they had to, they really had to rehearse that like a play, basically. Yeah. So there's stuff like that that I was looking at, but but there are movies like um like The Godfather One or um, Blue Chips. Can I put those in the same category? Uh, sure. Blue, blue Chips, starring Nick Nolte and Shaquille O'Neal. Yep. Um, where if it's on and I turn it on, I, like I have to, I like I can't turn it off. I have to watch the like, rest of that's it. That's your day. Like if Armed and Dangerous was on. <laughs> exactly. Yes. If Armed and Dangerous is on, and say it's the scene like where they're stuck in the sauna. Yep, that's a good one. Because they don't want to give themselves away. Like I'm just like, all right, well, I'm in. I'm gonna watch, even though I have to look at Meg Ryan a lot. <laughs> I'm just, I'm in. I have to watch that's the rough. rest of it. Hopefully I catch it in right before the scene in the warehouse where he fights those dogs, because that's my favorite. Oh, he bites one on the nose. Right? He, punch, he straight up punches one with, like, a big punch sound effect. It's like, <laughs> and then he bites another one on the nose. That's just good. I like the idea posited in that movie that John Candy is a tough guy. <laughs> that's not his usual role. No, but, he... like, uh, he fights those dogs. He's got that huge gun. That's right. At the end. He even dukes it out with the, <clears throat> what's his name? Cross-eyed uh, guy we talked about earlier. Um, yeah, that's right. And uh, and the muscle-bound the muscle bound chicks. Yes. I like that movie says it's okay to box a chick if she's a bodybuilder. Well. Because <laughs> they go to town on them. They just beat their asses. <laughs> um, yeah, so there are movies like that where if I'm just scanning around and it's on, like, I'm I'm in. I gotta watch the rest, and I don't know if Birdman is that because it's. I think it's pretty kind of a bummer and cerebral and everything. But do you um, think that um, Michael Keaton expected the movie Birdman to be what the character expects the play to be, like, to rehabilitate him? <laughs> I, that is that's and very meta, and I don't that, know. We'd have to watch the commentary. That despite critical acclaim, it does not seem to have led to a real resurgence for him. 
That's true. Like, I don't know. Maybe he's making five good projects now, and they're just taking a long time to get out. But it's like that movie came out a while ago. Yeah, I think it came out in like 2014. So, yeah, you're right. Something else should have come out. Maybe something has. I don't know. <clears throat> I just love all the stuff in there where uh, the, the Birdman keeps telling him that uh, they should go make another Birdman. And yeah. uh, it's going to make billions and billions of dollars. That's and, what the people uh, want. That's right. <laughs> Except no one wants Michael Keaton to do another Batman movie. That's right. No one wants an old-ass dude getting back into the suit. <clears throat> Although, Batman versus Superman is really taking a hit critically. Oh, you, it's I'm still sure, making a lot of money. Have you seen the uh, the edited videos of uh, Ben Affleck sitting in a, uh, some press interview where... What do they call it when they're uh, they keep having? Junket. Yeah, so he's the guy's telling him about how bad the reviews are, and then he he asks them what they think. Him and uh, Henry Cavill, and then Henry Cavill starts to uh, answer the question about bad reviews and what it means to him or whatever. And you can just see the look on Ben Affleck's face. He just totally zones out. <laughs> he just looks so sad. He's like staring off into the distance. He doesn't say anything the entire time. And there are a bunch of edited videos on like YouTube where. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing the word. I haven't seen these, but I'm hearing the word "sad fleck." <laughs> yes, like they'll play like uh, Simon and Garfunkel in the back while he stares uh, off into the distance. Sound of silence or something yeah. else. Yeah, sound of silence. It's or always like sound one, of silence. One that's a little bit funnier where they play like the music from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, right. <laughs> As he looks. Oh, away. with probably a zoom in on him. Exactly, a slow zoom. Yep. So yeah, I heard the reviews are bad. I haven't got around to seeing it yet, but. I'm just saying, maybe they'll give Michael Keaton another chance. Except the problem is the movie's made like $500 million, so yeah, I mean, probably get... they'll just make another one. The Superman movies, I don't know whether how successful those have been in the last... I don't know how many there have been, first of all. <clears throat> but the Batman movies uh, were pretty successful and well thought of when they had Christian Bale and stuff like that. Yeah, the last batch of Batmans was well regarded, particularly the first one, right? Um, I don't know. I the thought the... With Heath Ledger? That, that, that was the second one. Oh, was that the second that one? That was the second of the, the second one, then? Yeah, the second and third, I think, were really well thought of. I think the first was kind of uneven, but it had um, Money Grabber in it. What's his name? Uh, Liam Neeson. Mm, yeah, it says Ross Al Ghul. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That one yeah. was not a great film. I don't think it was that well thought of. But I think uh, The Dark Knight and uh, The Dark Knight Rises or something? You I don't know, know those Irish Nepalese monks? Of course. Story is all this time. <clears throat> so, yeah, I haven't uh, seen that. Did, uh, what, have you seen any movies lately in the theaters? Or? Uh, I saw Zootopia. Oh, yeah, that's right. You told me about that. Was it? Did I? Yeah, you told me about that uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago or something, recently. Yeah, I saw it Saturday, so I don't know how I could have told you about it a couple weeks ago. Zootopia is the one where animals are people? It's a different movie. All right, so how was that? Um, I'm, maybe you're thinking of Inside Out? Mm, no, I, I saw that. That was good. How was Zootopia? Uh, Zootopia was good. Very solid. Like, it's just a just a well-made movie. Like, so, they just figured out how to make good movies. And it's Pixar, and, I assume? It happened to be animated. It's, it's a Pixar movie? No. No? It's not Pixar, but it... Um, but it is Disney. Oh, okay. All like, right. you know how it is. Yeah. But Disney has learned the right lessons. Uh, I think that some of the Pixar guys are running the show there now, too. Right. Uh, no, it's good. It's um, 
So it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a morality play about stereotyping. Ah, okay. Yeah, because uh, this kind of animal is known for being like this. But watch out! It's going to overcome your preconceptions and save the day. Something like that. I mean, kind of, but like it's even more broad because it's sort of a sort of a predators versus prey tale. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of like mm, the prey animals are the majority, mm. as in the world. So when the predators start sort of violating this social contract, there's a lot of talk about how well you know it's in their biology, mm. stuff like that. Anyway. It's uh, there's no, I think there's probably no way to describe it that doesn't make it sound more ham-handed than it is because it's actually it's pretty well done. You can describe it as not ham-fisted, ham-handed. Yeah, I think they both mean the same thing. Okay, so that that's the way you should describe it then. Yeah, that's good. It's a good movie. It's really solid. Yeah, well, good. I was very glad to have seen it. Uh, we picked like a nine ten p.m. showing, hoping that it would mean there weren't kids there. No, nope. <laughs> no, nope. people will bring their young children out at any hour and to anything. There were a bunch of them in line for like a midnight showing of Batman versus Superman. Yeah, no, I sometimes I look at parents and I'm like, really? Like, what? I mean, everyone wants to be the cool parent or whatever, but yeah, it's like the middle of the night. Can you yeah. keep your kids at home? One for them so they can have like regular sleep patterns and uh two because uh, adults will be out and adults say and do inappropriate shit how about that yep everybody and that was the this was the last movie i saw in fact i think the last movie i saw before that was when i went to see star wars yeah marjan and i keep saying oh we should go to the movies or here's something we should see and then we just never get around to it yeah, there have been a couple of things that I've thought about going to see. Like, I've thought about seeing Deadpool. Right. Do I'm you, sure I would be underwhelmed. Yeah, do you... Um, you and I have talked a million times about my disdain for superhero movies and comic book movies. But how, how do you feel about them in general? Um, I think that there's probably a good superhero movie out there. I mean, for, exist, for example, Condor Man. Exactly. Uh, I would watch Condor Man. And that's one of those movies, if I ever were in theoretical real life to see that on TV, I would I would watch that. Yeah, of course of you would watch that. I mean, it it would, never it'll be never on happen. TV because it yeah. is long forgotten. <laughs> I don't think the tapes exist anymore. Yeah. I've looked for it. Like, it's just not there. The last um, copy went down with The Last Circuit City, I think. Right. Uh, the way superhero movies are made now is pretty rough because... First of all, forget seeing a movie with one superhero in it. Yeah. Uh, they have to set up everybody's origin stories. Ugh, yeah. You have to have, like, typically the big bad supervillain of the series is right there in the first movie. Right. And then there's just like, I don't know, they're they're awful. They're just, they're just not good movies. Yeah, see, because I, I, I haven't really seen a lot of them because I'm... Okay, I don't even know if they're good or bad. I, if they were good, fine, whatever. But it's why did they, why are there so many? Why is every movie a superhero movie or a comic book movie? What, why do 15 come out every month? Like, what's the deal? Money. 
But I, that's what I'm saying. I'm blaming everybody. I'm not just blaming the studios. I'm just saying, what's yeah. wrong with everybody? Uh, well, some people are so nostalgia-driven. I mean, they made a gem in the holograms movie last year. Which, by the way, according to the ads, was nothing like gem in the holograms, the cartoon. It, it didn't seem a lot like it. Like, there was... Of course, I didn't see it. At any point, in the ad, at least, did the character put her hand to her ear and say, Showtime Synergy, and then her outfit magically changed, and she... Had Jim didn't have powers, did she? I don't know. I mean, she had a she had a computer that could do some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. The computer synergy, like, did I think the computer saved the day every single episode? But I mean, that's like Darian uh, Darian Wallace's credit card. It's not actually magic. Damn it, Darian Lambert. Darian Lambert, shit. Yeah, dude. Darian Wallace is a character on Star Trek who probably never actually had a real name. <laughs> Right, like the uh, all I, I'll tell you, the, I know at this great remove, I remember two things about time tracks. He had a little gun right. called a PPT, which I think stood for pellet projection tube, maybe something like that. That was uh, looked like a car remote. <laughs> yep, looked like a car door remote. It probably was one. And his credit card Selma was a computer who. Had a crush on him? I don't remember. Yeah, no, she she was way into him. She wanted to have some human robot congress. Mommy, daddy times. Yep. And it was mad jealous every time he was around uh, some hot chick, which was every episode, because the plot was the same every episode. Yeah. That's it? Uh, Yeah, no, it's just like, you have a superhero, and... They're that they're too powerful to tell normal stories. Right. Like regular stakes don't apply to them. So then you have to have a super villain. But these guys are never credible. Yeah. They're just Okay. So they're just terrible cartoons. Yeah, what you're describing is my problem with comic books and why I've never been into comic books. Which to me is separate from my problem with comic book movies, which is just they're they're fucking everywhere. Um Yes, none of the way none of the stories as they're told make any sense. Yeah, with the characters and their powers. If one person existed with the powers that Superman had, the entire planet would be different. But it just kind of takes place in like regular life, but also there's a Superman. Yeah. And you're like, "No, everything would be different. All politics would be different. Everything would be different." And like all the um the Marvel ones, they all kind of seem like they want to have it both ways, where they're like, it, it, real history happened and Marvel history happened. And you're like, well, I don't understand how they can both have happened. Yeah, I guess if you take away all real history, then you have to think of more stuff. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. They didn't come up with like a backstory and a history and, and a timeline and stick to it like... Um, but like when you'd people have to explain why the X Men couldn't stop the assassination of President Kennedy. <laughs> exactly, or like, like everything would have been different. The entire yeah. Cold War would have been different. The I mean, all, whenever the first one of these superheroes appeared, whenever that was, everything would have been different, and none of the things would have happened as they happened in real life. But we're just supposed to and be like, nah, whatever. Nine Eleven happened, whatever. Incidentally, there's probably a good movie there about there's one superpowered person. Yeah, and it's. How the world reacts to that. Like, there could be something there. 
Yeah, for some reason, well, not for some reason, for franchising reasons, DC and Marvel feel like all of their superheroes have to all exist together in the same universe. Yep. And that's that always aggravates the crap out of me. Yeah. No, they're bad. Um, I At this point, I'm trying to think, like, I've seen the two Avengers movies that came out. Mm-hmm. I don't have any allegiance to any comic book franchises because... Uh, I can't read comic books. <laughs> They're not great. No, no. I, like, I'm not physically capable of it. <laughs> what happens is I just read only the dialogue. Oh. And then I'm like, I get a couple pages in and I realize, no, this doesn't make any sense. And then it's because I'm not looking at the pictures. <laughs> so, like, stuff is happening in the pictures and no one is saying. Yeah. About, no one's talking about the stuff that's happening. Right. No one's asking, where's Poochie? That's right. And uh, so I just don't notice that he's gone. And then, I, so, like, I, I physically can't do it. Like, I just cannot read comic books. Yeah. <clears throat> In an effort to um, try to, you know, keep up and um, kill hours and waste money, I, really, I don't know why, what my motivation was, but I tried to get myself into comic books uh, earlier, I don't know, a few months ago. As an adult? Yeah, I just I just tried. Just went, I don't like see if I can do it. comic books or on a device? Um, actual comic books. Oh, wow. I tried. I bought a few comic books of various, like, I tried out a few different series just to see if I could, I, I, I did not care at all. Did not care. That project stopped real fast. Yeah. No, like, uh, my best friend Rick growing up had a lot of comic books, and I just discovered, like, pretty young that uh, this was not my medium. Yeah. And to me, comic books are like poetry in the sense that you could just write it as prose, and I'd be happy. That's right. <laughs> For you, it's just take out all the pictures and explain what's happening, and you'll yeah, just you'll just, just read have it like a somebody book. describe what's happening. Yeah, my brain knows how to draw pictures. That's right. Like it's going to draw them super good. They're called word pictures, and they yeah. are as great as you want them to be. And also, when you put your ridiculous ideas into English text, you you probably will scale them back a little bit. Like, some of the ridiculous stuff will be out of there because you had to write it down. <laughs> That's right. Oh, well, if I was going to draw that, I would have drawn her shooting laser eyes out, but that's kind of dumb now that I write it down like this. Hmm. I guess I can't write the sentence, her breasts were huge. Like, <laughs> like so huge. It looked like, awesome. Like, so huge. Like, it was hot. Like, oh, and, like, no waste. Like, she had no waste. But, like... I, when I say huge, I mean huge. She was like, she was really strong and independent, but also her body was amazing. That's not a like, great and paragraph. you know she wanted it. <laughs> right. She wanted it from you. And she, she wanted you to give it to her. The bad guy was like, oh, I'm going to kill you. But she was, she gave him sex eyes. But then she was like, <laughs> she didn't, she did, but she didn't have sex with him though. But she, yeah, but she wanted to. Yeah, she's, a, she's like a tease. And then that got to uh, the only working editor left on the planet, and he went, oh, that's, you know, maybe in pictures, but I don't think you can just write that. Yeah, you can't. You can't. This, I feel I feel dumber for having read that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, I so, guess what I was going to say is I probably won't see any more Avengers movies. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, I have never seen... Either Avengers movie, what I have seen is the very last ten seconds of the first Avengers movie about 55 times. Where they're sitting in a diner or a restaurant or something. And eat, eat, uh, eating shawarma? 
Yeah, eating shawarma or whatever they're doing. Um, yeah. Because that that movie plays on FX, like, mm, constantly. And so anything that I have recorded on FX, it starts with, like, the last ten seconds of that. You're like, all right, new Archer. That's <laughs> right. Fuck. It's like, oh, the Americans is on. And then it's like, oh, yeah, nope, this again. Yeah, I get it. They're buddies or whatever. They're all buddies. I'm just going to start to make up my own story for what the Avengers was, and I'm going to explain it to people like that's the real story. <laughs> they all went to high school together. <laughs> that's right. They're old buddies. And uh, then now one of them... an aircraft carrier that flies in the sky, and now they fight crime. <laughs> Wait, does that does that movie have that? Oh, yeah, as a, as a helicopter aircraft carrier. Boy. I mean, regular helicopters are already so real, terrible. Like real shitty? Yeah. I, I would not try to make a helicopter aircraft carrier. That just feels yeah. like a, a good way to spend some billions of dollars. Wait. It's a little bit of a silly concept, plus, like, uh, we've tried this dumb concept. We tried it with Zeppelins. <laughs> it did not work. Nope. <clears throat> And Zeppelins don't have such a staying-in-the-air problem. No, that part they're pretty good at. Yeah. it's the That's, like, what they're the best at. It's the payload delivery they're not so great at. Yeah. Yeah. No, they tried all kinds of shit, like this, uh, like, an air, airplane without landing gear that, like, sort of hooks up to a trapeze hanging off of a, a Zeppelin. Right. I prefer my aircraft launched from the bottoms of B-52s. I'm just saying. That is a cool way to launch them. Yeah. In fact, if no matter what aircraft I was flying, I would I would insist that that's how I got in the air. I have definitely, like, instead of watching movies or whatever, I have been watching a lot of YouTube air show videos. Ooh. A lot of good ones? They're all good, dog. Well, see, I remember when we were kids and Moffat Field used to have them, like, all the time, and we would go to those. But, yeah, but, like, now, like, then I just wanted to see the Blue Angels. Yeah. Now I'm interested in all kinds of shit, like, oh, they got a Saab Draken here. Oh, those are cool. Show. Any of the cool Saabs are cool. looking weird old aircraft. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I mean, when I was a kid, I definitely went to see the Blue Angels. Like, that's what I wanted to see. But no matter what flew by, I was I was pretty. I mean, because they fly by close. And you're like, oh. Uh, they seem close. They definitely seem close. Yeah. yeah, you're like, whatever, even this transport aircraft, this Starlifter or whatever flew by, you're just like, oh, no, that's right. actually pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this last year it dovetailed nicely with one of my other big loves, which is uh, air crashes. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> at... Uh, at the Shoreham Air Show, when that uh, when that guy messed up his loop like he was me playing Ace Combat, it looked just like that, and just happened to wipe out a bunch of cars stopped at an intersection. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> yeah, you know, he just he started the loop too low and didn't have enough speed at the top, and uh, he discovered that it the plane's got to get enough horizontal speed to have lift before you can pull back out. You know, those Ace Combat games, a lot of the battles didn't really take place over big cities because they didn't want to have to animate them. Yeah, well, and, and even the ones that did, you could tell they, it was not their wheelhouse. Yeah, it was like uh, hella 2D looking crappy buildings or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, they didn't have any interactive uh, traffic that you could crash into or anything. Hey, you think there would have been like a dog fighting mod to Grand Theft Auto V or something by now? Because <laughs> like, they figured out the city part. 
I did spend a lot of time back in the olden days in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas flying around that Harrier. Yeah. Like, a lot of time. Yeah, that was cool. Like, play. they should... But Namco... Namco makes Ace Combat, right? Yeah, I believe that's right. Should get together with Take-Two. Rockstar North? Who yep. does Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, one of them. And, and just use that engine? Yeah, and just like, hey, can we just use your city? Yeah, use the map and the physics and the engine, and then just We'll like... call it Galm, and uh, <laughs> we'll have a weird story about a country <laughs> setting off a bunch of nukes on their own borders, which somehow closes their borders. I don't really understand it. We're going to do the thing where we bring in a huge wargaming audience and tell a very anti-war story. Yep. About exactly how uh, all war is perpetrated by evil corruption, and um, these are the tools of evil. With, like, nice little anime cutscenes where a kid's playing a harmonica. <laughs> I'm glad you remember that game so oh. so specifically. And it's amazing that any of it managed to stick in my brain because none of it makes sense. No, it's all garbage. I like, remember like... seeing the Yellow Squadron fly by. I wanted to be them. Or whatever. And you're like, uh... And then you're, like, playing them. And you're like, wait, so did it happen? Yeah, who, who are you, um... Versus, you? Yeah, you versus who I am playing as. Yeah, it's not that it was such a clear, well-constructed narrative that I can just, like, piece it back together in my mind. I just yeah. I just remember some of that stuff. But you remember South Ossetia or whatever. Is that the real one? I can't no, remember. That's the real one. Okay, right. <laughs> it's not our fault a lot of those Eastern European places sound... Uh, sound, sound like the Ace Combat countries. Yeah, the fake Ace Combat countries. <laughs> Yeah, man. Look, I'm sure there was a time when I knew which aces were in which squadron. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that time is not now. There was that game that had all the cool ace fights where the Spanish guitar would start up. Yes. Right when the aces showed up, and you were like, oh, that was a really good touch. And you're like, either there's an ace coming or the drifters are about to sing. <laughs> they brought in, they brought in like, they brought in a consultant who was just some dude who knew nothing about uh, war or gaming or anything. And he just went, how come, like, what, what, no, how about this? When a bad guy shows up, like, you get, like, Spanish guitar. Just, like, just like do, like, a little flamenco guitar run. And that guy was the most valuable guy on the staff. He should have been paid yeah. the most. I, he should have got a huge bonus. Because <laughs> every time he went, oh, yeah, that's good. <clears throat> you know, a new one of those is coming out. But it's, um, I think it's only on the PS4 and we are on the Xbox One. Yep. That seems like it ended up being a bad call. Yep. Yeah, well, you know. I followed you in, though. Well, it's because my PlayStation 3 broke so much. Mm, it broke yeah, a lot. As even just because you never owned any Xboxes, they broke hella, too. Yeah, I remember in the olden days hearing stories about broken Xboxes. But yeah. I just... I think it's... Nothing's I... made well. Except yeah. those controllers, which never break. <laughs> Smash them into the ground or whatever. I'm just saying, like, how many times have you pushed the square button on your PlayStation controller? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. They have, uh, uh, like, unlimited use. There is not a number of billions of, of pushes that would disable that button. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, just like playing if... Dynasty Warriors alone, you must push that thing 15 million oh, times. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm not a podcast expert, but I think uh, they're not supposed to go for 90 minutes. Whatever. So. I'm just saying, you know, people are interested in all of the... The nerdy likes and dislikes that we shared today. Yeah, and we got through uh, a few of them. We talked about three movies. 
and that we don't like superhero movies. But we do like Ace Combat. Well, you know, people come here for the depth. I'm not jumping from... This isn't lightning round. You That's know, a good point. Just saying. <clears throat> um, so, uh, whoever's listening to this, congratulations on finding it. Yes. I'm sure either Judah or I told you how to find it. Yes. And uh, we're going to work on uh, uh, distribution channels uh, in the future, and we will get back to you about that. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Thanks, right. guys. Peace out. I guess I can't write the sentence. Her breasts were huge. Like, <laughs> like so huge. It looked like, awesome. So huge. Like, it was hot. Like, oh, and like, no waist. Like, she had no waist. <laughs>